0: In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups, those who create history with their stupidity and the shit-show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shit Show. Bang! I'm here with my good friend, Gus. My name is Rig, of course, and we are doing Shit Show, which is the podcast that follows the best laid plans of mice and men, children, animals that go horribly and hilariously off the rails. Mate, how are you? I'm very well. I'm very well. I just got back from Brisbane, had a job up there for the cricket, for our international listeners. Yeah. Don't watch cricket. You won't get it. It's weird (laughs) and boring for most people. (laughs) Um, So that was good. I stayed in a Brisbane hotel, uh, which I just want to quickly read you the PSA they had up in the lift. I thought uh, you were going to give me like a, <laughs> just straight off the bat one star review. <laughs> no, it was quite nice. Um, yeah. and I say that with a grain of salt because <laughs> I am the employer and thus booked it. <laughs> I want my employees <laughs> to think that I'm a no expense spared kind of guy <laughs> when in reality I am a, uh, whatever the bare minimum kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, This says in the lift, Dear residents and guests, police are investigating a number of incidents in which bottles have been thrown or dropped from the residences onto adjacent land, including the railway station platforms, station office and tracks. These incidents are potentially deadly. Please stop doing this. Oh, my God. Only in Brisbane. This is what I realised. And big shout out to all of our Queensland listeners. But you guys are batshit insane. (laughs) You didn't need that to uh, <laughs> to tell them that, the, the, the or ca- to convince the rest of Australia <laughs> that that is the case. <laughs> but it basically reads, "Oi." Fucks. Stop being fucks. <laughs> <laughs> we know it's funny, but like you can't keep doing it. No, you can't. No, you can't. But we are going to move straight on. Uh, Gus, you have the segments today. And before we get into the first of those, which is Trainwreck Trophy, just want to give a big shout out to good friend of the show, M Bodie. M is currently battling breast cancer and cancer is super fucked. And sure is. I was super honoured and actually quite bamboozled. Uh, because we got told by her brother Ed that uh, she is logging or stacking up episodes of Shit Show to get her through her her time in the hospital, which if that's you, a lot look, of pressure. Look, if it's you... It's a lot of pressure, Em. And you, I you, don't know if this is going to stack up in your expectations, but we're very honoured that that's what you are going to spend a great portion of your time doing. Yeah, exactly. We, yeah, we're su- super honoured uh, and fuck cancer. And we hope you absolutely smash it out of the park and thanks for listening to a, to two stupid hacks to, <laughs> to whisk away the time. So... We are heading into train wreck trophy for this week. Gus has gone away and he has tried to find the biggest train wrecks from this past week. He's gone through Google News and he's found the best thing that he can. I'm going to award the winner the train wreck trophy for this week. Gus, what have you got for us this week? I have news, Rig. I have 3 pieces of news. Fantastic. That is what this segment is about. I'm a bare minimum kind of guy. That's it. No expenses spared. (laughs) The headline says, four Teslas stolen in bizarre heist. Okay. That's an okay headline, but it Mm -hmm. really does not give any any weight to how great this is. Because basically, in Utah... Four people were arrested after allegedly breaking into a Tesla dealership and stealing four Teslas. But the weird part, and where this gets great, is that the suspects claimed that the cars were given to them by a man named Tesla. What? <laughs> Which... Oh, right. uh, Toyota gave it to me. If, for anyone that doesn't know, uh, Nikolai Tesla was a famous scientist who has absolutely nothing to do with the cars. And, and is famously, famously dead. dead. Yeah. <laughs> So we unless Elon Musk has changed his name to Tesla in one of the greatest pieces of narcissism in history I'm pretty sure they're bullshitting. Yeah. And so do the cops. Yeah. So the suspects acquired a key to the building as there were no signs of a break-in at the dealership. Uh, A guy called Shane Smith was reported to have a bag of Tesla keys on him at the time of the arrest. What? As the police say, one guy claimed a family member had died and left them all this stuff, but two of them actually said it was given to them by a man named Tesla. (laughs) And then Shane Smith is arrested. I don't know if he had a (laughs) guilt complex or whatever, but he claimed his name was Tesla. (laughs) No, no, Tesla did. No, no. I'm I'm Tesla. Tesla. Uh, He didn't want to talk to the police. He wanted to speak to an attorney. Uh, They promptly sent him to a psychiatric ward (laughs) along with the rest of his cronies. Oh, my God. Which is awesome. But the reason that they got arrested (laughs) is even better. Like, this is already great. This is already already great purely based on the fucking Spartacus moment (laughs) where they've all stood up and being like, I am Tesla. I am Tesla. (laughs) So... They got arrested because one of the Teslas was pulled over uh, for um, by a highway patrolman yeah. for a uh, a random random check right for, for, uh, because it was driving erratically, yeah the other three Teslas pulled in behind the patrol car. So he's gone over like lemmings. <laughs> like they could not, Like idiotic lemmings. They have presented themselves on a Thanksgiving platter to the cops. <laughs> so the cops gone over and asked for license and registration. Uh, the man who later called himself Tesla. At, at, <laughs> sorry, is this at the head of the snake? Or he got literally every single. All, license and registration. All four of these people were the ass of the human centipede. <laughs> <laughs> so fucking hell. Scott at the front goes, oh, I don't have the license and registration uh, because I'm, I got given this car by a man named Tesla. I'm just returning it. And then the cop's like, well, that's the worst excuse I've ever heard. And then looks around. There's three other fucking Teslas. So he goes and asks them. Two of them say, uh, and one of them says, a man named Tesla gave it to me. One of them says, a family member gave it to me. An old mate up the back (laughs) pulling up the rear says, I I am Tesla. Tesla. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the first one. Oh, my God. It's it's so great. The next one. (laughs) (laughs) We're coming to Australia. Oh, my God. We're coming to Australia. It is (laughs) a headline that just says, it looked different in 2d <laughs> catholic headmaster opens up on how school ended up displaying unfortunately designed statue before it was covered up no oh, no so rig you may have seen this uh doing the rounds but i'm just going to quickly show you <laughs> this <laughs> the statue of a uh, a catholic boys school in adelaide oh my oh my but as <laughs> as our slogan on this uh... show goes A thousand words tells a thousand words, so I'm going to describe the picture to you. Fuck. If you don't like that, go to our Twitter and have a look at it with your eyes, because (laughs) it's it's reading for the eyeballs. (laughs) It it is a saint holding a loaf of bread while a child looks uh, optimistically up at the saint. Unfortunately, that... Loaf of bread is being held exactly where a man's penis would go <laughs> and it looks like the child is cupping the said loaf of oh, bread. so uh, bad. It is about as bad a call as you can get from a Catholic boys' school. Oh, they, yeah. they already are treading a fine line and this does I not ju- help. I just don't get how that thing could have been made. Given the, the climate around everything that has gone on for the last, what, 10 years? <laughs> I just how does that get past the approval process? Well, wow, I'll, that's a that's a really <laughs> great thing. Oh, that phallic loaf of bread is definitely definitely nothing to be concerned about. I'll tell you how. Because in this uh, explanation from the Blackfriars Priory School that they uh, put on their social media, says the two-dimensional concept plans for the statue were viewed and approved by the executive team in May. But upon arrival, the three-dimensional statue was deemed by the executive to be potentially suggestive to some people. I'll tell you mm. what... Five words in that don't need to be there. Potentially, nah, mate, it's dead set suggestive. <laughs> <Yep>. Some, everybody. <laughs> Replace some people with everyone. <laughs> Also, the fact that you keep referring to just you as the executive when we clearly know it was your fuck-up. Yeah. This is a one-man hack job. There's been no approval process. Some bloke's gone. We've got 25 grand from the government. What should we do? Make that dick statue we've always wanted. Should we have a child in there? Of course. It's a boys' school. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So I, I used to work in advertising, and every single time we had a look at something, literally the first lens you had to put on was like, could this be interpreted badly? <laughs> I'm not even kidding. It was a thing that you had to do because everyone did not want that sort of fucked up scenario <laughs> where people would be like, well, that loaf of bread looks like a dick and a boy is touching the dick and it's a religious school and here we are. Yeah. You know that phrase, uh, any news, any press is good press? Yep. Yeah. That doesn't work when you're a Catholic school and it's about a boy cradling a dick. Yeah. It's not a good statue. Nope. It's not good. But their uh, their solution, which you'll (laughs) have to have a look at this again, was to put a black shroud... Oh, my God. (laughs) That is actually scarier. (laughs) There is what what looks like a giant black curtain (laughs) that has been put over the statue. (laughs) That is frightening. Which is the stuff of nightmares. (laughs) That is going to (laughs) haunt my waking dreams. Oh, my God. It's it's essentially a ghost with a black sheet, (laughs) which I never knew. (laughs) You literally... You spat everywhere. A ghost with a black sheet is infinitely more terrifying than a fucking white-sheeted ghost. Especially when you can see two pairs of feet coming out the bottom of it. Oh, that is fucked. So that is gross. That, is, like, that, 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 that is a ghost cross with the grim reaper. Oh. No one wants to see that, especially at the front of a boys' school. <laughs> so Fuck. that's the second one. The third one. Headline is, They called 911 for help with lost car keys. They were arrested instead. <laughs> So, Sheriff's deputies in Placer County, California, arrested three people on Wednesday after a large pile of mail was found inside their car. The trio actually called deputies to the scene. (laughs) They had called 911 to get help starting their car, which was parked next to a Pride Open mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> inside the car was a large stash of mail that wasn't theirs oh, it's so good to say the least they were not happy to be arrested since they say they called us for help not happy <laughs> they called us I'm, I'm just disappointed that this is that it's come to this they called us for help in locating their keys the department wrote in the post all three suspects were booked at the South Placer Jail with bail ranging from 20k to 65k <laughs> while the story of their arrest brought the obvious dumb criminal's comments on Facebook the department used the comment section to remind people that mail theft is no joke and yeah. extremely common especially around tax season right fucking way to rain on the comedy parade cops why tax season do they send back tax returns in the mail uh, I think in America they send you checks yeah like ta- but like you yeah, like yeah, like they don't they don't EFT why the fuck would that be a thing I have no idea Who sends? I wa- I'd like my tax return great you're gonna get 800 <laughs> bucks back check or cash Uh what <laughs> I'd like to do a, a straw poll. If you're, if you're listening to this, jump onto our Facebook page and just tell us if you've re- written a check. And also, that's the first part. That, the, that, that goes back to a past episode. <laughs> if you have a checkbook, we want to interview you. Who the fuck are you? <laughs> <laughs> and did what bank did you, did you approach in 1984? Because I'm pretty sure that no one above the age of 45 listens to this. And the only people writing checks are people above the age of 85. So I can't <laughs> see how that can possibly reconcile by our listeners. So those are the three, Rig. Those are the three. Yep. The first one. The four blokes who stole Teslas, one of them said he was Tesla, two said they were given cars by Tesla, and uh, they, they were stopped because they all pulled in in a line to basically a, the equivalent of an American RBT. <laughs> the second one is the amazing accidental faux pas in, uh, in Adelaide where a Catholic boys' school created a statue that looks like a small boy cupping a dick. Yep. The third one is the three criminals who got locked out of their car After breaking into a mailbox, called the cops to come and help them get into their car, thus getting arrested for mail theft. Now, mate, I have a real soft spot for the Fight Club-style scenario that the Tesla guys found themselves in. So good. We are Tesla, but (laughs) I... It is train wreck Trophy, and something that should not have gotten to that point... Already know what's the winner. Has to be Already the statue. Has to be the it statue. has to be the statue. Once again, sometimes we look at these, and I knew when I was bringing this in, that straight away, everyone else was fighting for second. Because yeah. when you have... A bread dick that's made into a statue, that then is shrouded in one of the scariest fucking cloaks of all time, which is worse for the kids. What's what's worse than the bread dick? It's the ghost dick. When you t- the frightening grim reaper. I was actually worried when you were about to tell me about the solution. They were like, the solution was like, hmm, cut off the let, dick. Let's let's make the let's make the the bread less dick like and more bread like, and make a <laughs> longer, longer baguette. Yeah. <laughs> that is dead set fucks. So Catholic Church or whatever the fuck, whoever was in charge of that, homegrown mate, grown. mate Astray- that is horrible. Australia horrible win. by you. Winner of the train wreck trophy for this week. Cue music. Train wreck. Train wreck trophy. trophy. All right, fantastic. Which means we move on to the people segment. Asterisk. Only a handful of people segment. Who's in the news? Presented very, very generously by our Twitter feed, <laughs> at Cast. <Shitshowcast. laughs> go there, follow us. We put a whole bunch of shit up there that we speak about in the cast. So I've, I actually had a mate, we were at the pub yesterday, and he was like, I was looking for that, uh, that image of the, the woman who had shat her Dax in the Uber and had, like, <laughs> J- Jackson Pollock the car, and I could not find it. I said, mate, do you follow us on Twitter? And he was like, no. So if you want to not be like my mate then go on to Twitter and like us. We are at Cast. Yeah, pretty easy. I love that we're so light on for commercial uh, understanding and support yep. that now we're sponsoring our own segments. We are because we can't give ourselves money. So we <laughs> we're, are mo- we're losing money. <laughs> we're losing money. So it's Poos in the News. Gus has gone away and he has found the best uh, shit-related articles because we are, after all, shit show, Mate, what have you found? So remember the Mad Pooper? Oh, yeah. I remember the mad pooper. Still at large. hmm Fugitive. So, yeah, on the runs. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. So, I've, I've had a look at various stories this week, and I didn't like any of them. So, have instead decided that I'm going to delve into the world of long-distance running and how that affects the bowels. <laughs> You made this segment. Now you can so, follow in your own shit. So investigative. So here's a couple of stories that uh, that make the mad pooper look fucking sane. Okay. Eric. Once running around a large pond, that familiar feeling hit me real hard. To get out of sightline from other runners, I hopped up onto a wooded incline but didn't make it far before needing to release the creature. I squatted <laughs> down, but the hill elevated my pile to a level where my low squatted nuts dangled into the fresh cargo. Oh! oh, oh. <laughs> my friends noticed this before I did. <laughs> Oh. So many questions, Eric. You've got to really look at this and go, "What was the gateway crime?" Before I put nut, my own nuts yeah. in my own shit. Yeah. So the the other thing that that I, I always I, I can almost determine what his age is if he's shat on his balls yeah. because it is a well worn yeah. stereotype that the older you get as a man, <laughs> the, more the lower you the lower your fruit hangs. <laughs> yeah, he's that was definitely his last run. Yeah, <laughs> he's he's uh, not doing great. So. Yeah This is uh, the second one This is from Lawrence I was training for my half marathon in two weeks Today was a final long run 12 miles Mapped out a route Carbo loaded the night before Did everything to replicate race conditions It was going great I felt good. No doubt it was going to ace my final test. Then mile five hit and I felt rumblings. By mile seven, I was in agony. I needed to shit badly. Problem is, while I was on a busy street, it was all residential. Not a public toilet in sight. I seriously considered knocking on a door. I was that desperate. Finally, (laughs) I... Should have just gone to the local fence like the newsreader. (laughs) Slide down. Finally, I had an option. Not a toilet, but a cemetery. Oh... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it, it was surrounded by a stone wall, so at least it was blocked off. It would have to do the plan was to head over to a wooded area, but you know how shits are once relief is near, <laughs> resistance is futile I barely ma- I barely made it ten steps in, and I shit on the stone wall. Oh. What a glorious shit it was. God, it felt good. (laughs) Only when I was done did I look up. Sure enough, there was a 90-year-old man not 30 feet away with a look of pure horror on his (laughs) face. I'll never forget that until the day I die. (laughs) Oh, so many notes to be played. Yeah. Wow. I thought he was going to say that he shat on someone's grave. I was expecting it. (laughs) I bet he did. I thought he was going to say a 90-year-old man in sheer horror. Didn't really matter anyway. He's seconds away from death. (laughs) Yeah, look, there's lots of I'm I'm gonna leave it with those two. Okay. Leave with those two because I think that that gives you gives you the idea. If you ever get particularly intrigued about this, <laughs> I will never be able to unsee the images of people finishing marathons and their entire legs just being absolutely coated in their own ways. I remember uh, a few years ago, wasn't there was a guy, a professional walker, he was doing like the fifty k walk. The, yeah, and he, the Olympics. And he, oh, he was. Yeah. and it was a French dude, and he just shat himself and kept walking. Yeah, he he was he became he came third or something, didn't he, or fourth yeah. or something. I think that the Oh fuck! I don't know where it finished, but I remember that becoming just this pin-up image for determination. And yeah. at the same time, I'm going, I'm like, uh, that is lunacy. There, there are, there, are, there are people where like they break down on the track, and like you know, there's a the, the famous guy in the I think it was the '84 Olympics where he 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 broke down like yeah. a horse at the Melbourne Cup, his and, his, and, and his old man barrier. jumps the barrier and and helps him down and has him in his arms, and he's he's, he's crying, and he eventually gets over the line. I do not put this. This scenario in the same league as that he was brave. (laughs) After 25 kilometers, shat his pants. (laughs) Nothing was to deter Pierre as he walked along. Shit oozing down his legs, pulling in his socks. A river of complete shit. um, (laughs) Squelching towards the finish line. So that 84 moment where the guy jumped the fence and came to help his son. Yep. That could never happen again. He'd be shot on sight. Oh, yeah. If a, if a punter jumped the fence at the Olympics, some, a sniper would take him out. And, look, no offence, this is just the world we live in, but if it was a person of colour like it was that yeah, this time... Yeah, he's dead. Mate, you are dead he's three steps He's already been in. racially profiled by yeah. the white cops on the rooftop. Absolutely. Lucky uh. it's not in Detroit. So, oh, God. we are going to move on to the one, the only, one-star reservoir. Q music! Yeah! I want to take you to a one-star, I want to take you to a one-star, I want to take you to a one-star, one-star reservoir. Wow! Yes, that's right. It's time for One Star Reservoir, presented generously again by shitshow.com.au. What the fuck are you doing? I'm just, I'm doing what I need to do, buddy. (laughs) I got the itch, it needs to be scratched. I, w- if you want to <laughs> if you want to subscribe to our podcast easily and you're sick of typing eight letters that are shitshow <laughs> into your podcast app go to shitshow.com today you and press subscribe to podcast on your phone it's that easy we also put a bunch of articles up most of the time and you can read about our segments there, <laughs> if you want she to, show hit- to go there, be there. Speedway, if you want to buy more things from Rig, he'll be doing some infomercials from Daniel's Oster- <laughs> director. <laughs> uh, I'm not allowed back in that building. So, nope. one Four star, ben. one star reservoir, it is the actual people segment where we go through the best reviews on the internet. Could be TripAdvisor, could be Amazon, could be Yelp, could be Airbnb, could be anything that can be reviewed, and we find the three best, in parentheses, worst reviews of all of them, and Gus, what have you got for us this week, bud? Mate, we're going to Melbourne. Ooh. The Royal Botanic Gardens of Melbourne. Oh, yeah. One star. Mm. Warning, there is no bar or NFL in the Botanic Gardens. What? My gal pal Bingo asked me to go for a walk this morning so we could see stuff while we were in Australia. Whatevs. I only agreed because I'd blown off her birthday last week in Brisbane because I found NFL football on television and got shithoused. (laughs) Today, when I couldn't find the Chiefs Raiders game on TV in the hotel, a nice walk down the river sounded like a great way to find a bar with football showing. (laughs) Not even close. The stupid walk down the Yarra River didn't have dick. At least between my... (laughs) (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. At least between my hotel and the gardens. No hot dog stands, no alligators and no sports bars whatsoever. What? And this isn't a short walk either. It was like 15, 20 fucking minutes. And the whole time there's all these assholes on bikes or rollerblades or running right in your face. It's a serious annoyance and safety issue. At one point we were confronted by literally 60 to 70 kids on some Bataan death ride of bicycles. Don't they have schools here? One kid up front had to stop and push his bike up a small hill leading from the path to the street because he was too fat and weak to Make it up, creating a <laughs> massive traffic jam of all his cohorts behind him. Why are we stopped? Says some egghead as we pass towards the end of the line. Ah, <laughs> oh, some kid at the front was just killed by a car, I say, and hurry away. <laughs> Children only learn through trauma. <laughs> <laughs> we get to the Botanic Gardens and fucked if there's no bars or TVs in there either. It's just trees and shit. Now I'm really cranky and start hitting the six-pack I had bingo carry trees for me in, shit. in a backpack full of ice. I notice a sign that directs you down a path to Guilfoyle's volcano. Aside from the unpronounceable name, Guilfoyle, what kind of Chinese shit is that? I figure I can just live with checking the football score on my cell phone if I'm going to see a volcano. I even kept my empties to it it. Warning, there is no volcano in the Botanic Gardens. (laughs) Complete fucking rip-off. The volcano simply doesn't exist. How can that be legal? I'm not scared of any (laughs) volcano, but I'm sure it terrifies the shit out of the locals and probably kills any property value if this wasteland even has any value. Another sign sends you to Fern Gully, which any semi-educated jerk-off knows is a fucking cartoon and doesn't (laughs) exist. So if you like to get ripped off, lied to and watch old people looking at bushes, this is the place for you. (laughs) The only thing I liked was the sign that listed everything that's not allowed in the park, like having fun, including no jogging. At least they have some decency. Joggers suck shit. Get a car and quit rubbing your poverty in everybody's face. (laughs) (laughs) B.S. The Chiefs lost 24-20 to the Raiders. Not that anyone in this third world shithole ever got to see it. (laughs) Maybe they should get more culture and less bushes. Oh, my God. Fucking furious. (laughs) That guy take a breath. Fuck. The Botanic Gardens are dead set. Taking it. That is <laughs> fucking ridiculous. How's he d- telling d- kid d- that someone <laughs> up the front died? Children only <laughs> learn from, learned trauma. from trauma. And uh, uh, from now on, I am only going to use the phrase didn't have dick. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Oh. All right. The second one is a one-star review for the most popular fast food chain in the world. McDonald's, Macca's, one star. Why won't you sell me a single breakfast burrito? Answer: We only sell them in pairs. What are you, fucking Noah? (laughs) You are that fucking desperate or cruel that you make people in a hurry forced to eat horrible shit in a sprint to make a connection (laughs) by two of your horrible shit if they want to eat shit. (laughs) Oh, we only sell double cheeseburgers in quads. 16-ounce drinks only come in quarts. I'd smash your face with a boat oar if you were the person responsible. <laughs> if I weren't so happy to be going home, I'd be smiling at a Michigan prison with a hamburger for cutting the fucking clown's throat. <laughs> Yet one star for not being Burger King. Stop being leachy assholes. <laughs> Far out. That is great. It's just the vitriol oh, is. It's just next level rig. Fuck. It takes a lot, of, a lot of rage for you to be like, I literally just wanted a, a, a breakfast burrito and you've just taken to them <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> fuck. All right. The third one. Uh, this is a review that was posted in The Guardian of right. a three starred Michelin restaurant in Paris. Beauty. There is only one thing worse than being served a terrible meal. Being served a terrible meal by earnest waiters who have no fucking idea just how awful the things they are doing to you are. (laughs) And so, to the flagship Michelin three-star restaurant of the George V Hotel in Paris, or the scene of the crime, as I now like to call it. (laughs) In terms of value for money and expectation, Le Saint supplied by far the worst restaurant experience I've endured in my 18 years in this job. Jesus. This, it must be said, is an achievement of sorts. (laughs) It wasn't meant to be so. Irritated by reader complaints about the cost of eating out, I decided to visit a classic Parisian gastro palace, which for me sounds like a place where you shit your (laughs) life out (laughs) as a reality show. They served Haribo gummy bears. I imagined it less as a review and more as an observational piece full of moments of joy and bliss, of the sort only stupid amounts of cash can buy. We'd all have a good laugh at rich people and then return to business as usual, a little wiser. I chose Le Sank restaurant of Christiane Le Square, named Chef of the Year by his peers in Definitely 2016. Definitely not how you pronounce it. I assumed it would be whimsical and perhaps outrageous. Never did I think the shamefully terrible cooking would slacken my fucking jaw from the rest of my head. (laughs) The dining room deep in the hotel is a broad space of high ceilings and coving with thick carpets to muffle the screams. (laughs) It 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 is decorated in various shades of taupe, Biscuit and fuck you. It shouts money much as football fans shout at the ref. Men is the height of Richard Osman abroad. My female companion who booked the table is given one without prices. Waiters look baffled when we protest, but replace it. Then again, having looked at those prices, I suspect many people would wish never to see that like again. Starters and mains are roughly the same price, running from €70 Euros to €140. Euros. Fuck me! The canapes we are instructed to eat first is a transparent ball on a spoon. It looks like a Barbie sized silicon tit implant and is a spherica, <laughs> spherification, a gel globe using a technique perfected by Ferran Adriat at El Bully about 20 years ago. This one pops in our mouth to release stale air with a tinge of ginger. <laughs> My companion winces. It's like eating a condom that's been left lying about at oh. a dusty greengrocer's. <laughs> Another canapé Closing scallop mush introduces us to the kitchen's love of acidity. Not bright, light, aromatic acidity of the sort provided by, say, Yuzu. This is blunt acidity of the sort that polishes up dulled brass coins. <laughs> oh, <fuck. laughs> we hit it again in an amuse bush, which doesn't. A halved and refilled passion fruit. The vicious passion fruit supplemented by a watercress puree that tastes only of the plant's most bitter tones. My lips purse like a cat's ass that's brushed against nettles. <laughs> <laughs> the, <laughs> the cheapest of the starters is gratinated onions in the parisian style we're told it has the flavor of french onion soup it makes us yearn for a bowl of actual french onion soup and not this shit it is mostly black like nightmares and sticky like the floor at a teenager's party <laughs> A mane of pigeon is requested medium, but served so pink it just might fly again given a few fucking volts. <laughs> <laughs> a dessert of frozen chocolate mousse cigars wrapped in tweel is fine. Is what the fuck did you just say? I'm, did you. <laughs> Did you literally just have a fucking embolism? What the fuck just happened? I'm trying to go between pronouncing these French words to the best of my ability, and I've just pronounced the English word "fine as fiend <laughs> It's not an italics, is it? It's not. <laughs> If you overlook the elastic flap of milk skin draped over it like something that's fallen off a burns victim. Oh, fuck! (laughs) cheesecake with lumps of frozen parsley powder is not fine. Or (laughs) fiend. I I ask the waitress what the green stuff is. She tells me and says brightly, isn't it great? No, I say. It's the worst thing I've ever eaten. It tastes of grass clippings. (laughs) She leaves. With this we each drink one glass of champagne, one glass of white, and one of red chosen for us by the sommelier from a wine list that includes bottles at 15,000 euros. Oh. The booze bill is 170 euros. Shit. The overall bill is 600 euros. Oh. Every single thing I ate at the restaurant for a uh, scotch for a sixth of the price was better than this. It's bizarre. Not that the older gentlemen with their nieces or hookers on the few other <laughs> occupied tables seem to give a fuck. <laughs> the restaurant is never more than half full. Pictures of plates are snapped. Mind you, I also take pictures but mine are shot in the manner of a scene of crime officer working methodically. <laughs> I have not spe- I've spent sums like this on restaurant experiences before and have not begrudged it we each of us build our best memories in different ways and some of mine involve expensive restaurants but they have to be good this one will leave me with memories they are bleak troubling unforgettable <laughs> if I work hard one day with a lot of luck and therapy <laughs> I may be able to forget them <laughs> oh fuck that is brutal that and is, that's an actual critic. That's an actual critic. Fuck man. That's the food critic for The Guardian. Is that Jay Rayner? It is Jay Rayner. Oh fuck. That is pretty scathing from Jay. Jesus he Christ. He has pulled no punches with that one. Those are some amazing similes. Fucking hell. Wow. How? What, what a fucking wizard. Oh my god. How is the? It's like eating a condom that's been left lying about <laughs> in a dusty greengrocer's, sticky like a teenager's floor. Oh, like, oh my god, that's hectic. Great. Well, that brings us to the end of the segments, which yep. means that it is time for the dusty greengrocer condom section, <laughs> the the pigeon main of our uh, of our particular podcast, the media portion, yep. the shit show spotlight, which Rig is going to bring to us in four K or HD. And it's also, Neither of which you can see. And it's also brought to you. Oh, fuck! By our amazing live shows oh, Shit yeah. Show Live. Yep, we need, we need to plug these. Sunday. Actually, December 3rd is sold out. Is it? Yep. Right. Sunday, December 3rd uh, has been sold out. Sunday, December 10th is the last session remaining. If you'd like to come, we have been putting up links to buy those tickets. They're 15 bucks each um, on each of those Sunday nights. Well, only the one Sunday night now. Um, so make sure that you go up. We'll be posting those links up on our Twitter and our Facebook as well. So make sure you get into that. Join us at, at Oxford Arts Factory. Beers, laughs. It's going to be the best. Yep. So, Rig, what do you got for us, mate? Mate, today, our spotlight is cast on a man by the name of John Mitten, mm. a.k.a. Mad Jack Mitten, a.k.a. Mango, King of the Pickles. What the actual... Okay, great. ...who inherited a ridiculous amount of money, but somehow died penniless and in debt at the age of 38. Oh, that is way too young. There's, You know that someone has burnt the candle oh, yeah. aggressively at both ends when they die under 40. Let's see how it was burnt. (laughs) Okay, go for it. John Mitten was born in September 1796 to a prominent family of squires. Good. He was two years old when his father died, leaving young John to inherit the estate at Halston Hall in Shropshire, England. It was a five million pound estate, and he enjoyed an income of what is now one million pounds a year. What the fuck? It was five million pounds in the 18th century? No, no, no. It's £5 million now. Right. It was about £60,000 to £70,000. That's still way more money than anyone else had. Meaning he was absolutely set for life and could pretty much do anything he wanted. Yep. As a young boy, he's sent to the prestigious Westminster School. After a year, he was expelled from the prestigious Westminster Westminster School (laughs) for fighting his (laughs) schoolmaster. He was then sent to Harrow School, where he lasted three terms before being expelled, requiring him to finish his schooling with a succession of private tutors. I say succession because he went through a lot of them. (laughs) Probably because he was doing shit like putting a horse in his tutor's room for no reason. In the next phase of his life... (laughs) He goes to university at Cambridge, which, according to most of the research, was apparently by some sort of miracle because <laughs> Mad Jack never applied himself academically. Sure. you has got money. It's the money. It's the money. Are we just going to do this little dance and act like money doesn't exist to get people ahead in life? <laughs> Money can be exchanged for goods and services. (laughs) Services like getting into one of the best universities in the fucking world or sucking your Uber driver's dick. (laughs) It's the money. It's the money. So while he's preparing to go to Cambridge, he's like, hmm, something's missing here. And to get through the term and the holidays, just the term and the holidays, he shipped 2,000 bottles of port to the campus. How old is he? By now, he is about 17. What the fuck? 2,000 bottles of port? That is 5.5 bottles of port a day. And that is based on a calendar year, not even a school year, which is shorter than a calendar year. This this port was just for himself. Fuck. There are grandfathers who will listen to this never and go, (laughs) what the fuck? Because oh, yeah. that's at least four and a half bottles of port, too many for a week. It's absolutely ridiculous. And he's, doing, he's ridiculous. doing that a day? I know, I know port that has stayed on people's shelves for like 20 years. Yeah, this it's guy, an ornament. This guy was drinking port fresh. Port is basically a warning. Yeah. It sits there as a thing going, look, you better make sure you're stocked with actual booze, otherwise you'll have to drink me um, and then yeah, you Yeah, exactly right. No one drinks port. It's just something that fancy people have on their shelves being like, oh, the port. People look genuinely surprised when they're just like, would you like a drink? I might have a port. Oh. You get the fuck really? out. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> in what would become a pattern in his life, Mad Jack became bored with university and just left without a degree and went on the grand tour. The Grand Tour, uh, if people don't know, was a thing that young aristocratic men did, and it is basically going through Europe with a chaperone and taking it all in. It was Kentucky for rich a, kids. Yeah. It it's, was Kentucky for rich kids. That's fine. Yeah. So he's now, now, 18. Oh. That's right. <laughs> University, 2,000 bottles of port later, he's 18 years old. It was a different time. It was a better, a better time. time. <laughs> right before, right before he went on the grand tour, he had jo- he had joined the local yeomanry, the Seventh Hussars, purely because no, those li- are real words. Purely because he liked the uniform. And for no other reason. (laughs) What the fuck is that? And, yeah, and when he returned from his Grand Tour, he went into the regular British Army. He had just missed the Napoleonic Wars, so when he was finally dispatched to active service, he basically gambled and drank his way through occupied France until he grew weary and quit the army. He is exactly what you... Nothing's changed in 200 years, Rig. (laughs) This is still exactly what cashed-up rich kids do. It's but, like, fuck, what a life. So Mad Jack, or Mango King of the Pickles. Yeah. Came from a family of squires, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Given that you use this word often, Gus. Yes. You would not be surprised that a squire is a man of high social standing who owns land, unless you keep referring to me pejoratively as a knight's apprentice. <laughs> <laughs> you, you are both in my eyes. Thank you. So, <laughs> so Mad Jack decides to start squiring in preparation for properly inheriting and running his estate at the age of 21. Yeah. While he's doing that, though, he reckons he'll run for parliament because why the fuck B- not? Because politics. Yep. In 1819, he campaigns to become the MP for Shrewsbury as a Tory. Well, campaign's a strong word. <laughs> Mainly because he didn't campaign at fucking all. He, he just came out and said, vote for me and I'll give you 10 quid. Yes! <laughs> that is... It, it was legal back then. Yeah. If, pa- if Clod could have done it, it was, was a better, better time. <laughs> and 10 quid back then, whoa. Yeah. That's the, like a thousand bucks. Yeah, it, it was quite a lot of money. Unsurprisingly, he wins in a landslide. The whole campaign ultimately costs him 10,000 pounds, which is 750,000 pounds in today's money. Jesus. He heads to the House of Commons in June of 1819 to kick off his political career. Yeah. He's finally found his calling. Is what I would say if he didn't quit after half an hour because he found it incredibly dull. (laughs) Half an hour? That is one hundred percent pure vintage mango. King of the pickles. He quit after half half an hour. After half an hour, half an hour, he was in the House of Commons, and then in eighteen twenty, he gets a notice from. We can't move on from that yet, (laughs) Rig. Half an hour? Half an hour, 30 minutes. He quit. He couldn't even last through a news bulletin. Yeah, half an hour, £750,000 in today's money. I've seen question time. Yeah. In the first half an hour, everyone's just fucking looking at their seats. (laughs) Nothing's happened yet. I I have no idea how you would be comfortable after doing all that to walk in and be like, you know what, not for me. (laughs) Not, 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 not for me. But so yeah. that's that's what he did. He the, was, the, he was fra- like, the phrase he bought the election is used as uh, a simile for uh, for various political espousement. Yeah. No, he literally bought the election. He he, he literally bought the bought, bought the election. Yeah, hundred yeah. yeah. percent. And yeah, once he got in there, he he didn't like it. Like thirty minutes. No. If, hey, look. It's it's what they tell you to do when you're in your twenties. Find out what you don't like. <laughs> And so he did. So right. so eight, he's, yeah. he's, he's, out of, he's out of Parliament. He's out of Parliament, but in 1820, they come knocking, and they're like, well, you're up for re-election, and he's like, nah. What do you mean he's up for re-election? Surely Because when technically, leave- after his term, like I think people just didn't notice he was there. This is the House of Commons, where there was like 400 dudes. So everyone's just like... He just never went. He just never went, and he just flew under the radar, and people are like, well, you're up for re-election. And he's like, oh, fuck it. <laughs> oh, my God. So in 1820... His wife of two years unfortunately dies of natural causes at the ripe old age of what I assume was like 23 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. at that time. No one seems to know how he took this, as the next few years he did a bunch of crazy shit that was not outside the wheelhouse of his already batshit activities. <laughs> classic, classic mango. Classic mango. These batshit activities usually involve the four loves of his life. Animals, gambling, hunting, and fucking with people. Good. All, it, they're, they're great pillars. So Four good. great pillars. Pillars for a good life. <laughs> All about the animals, this bloke. He bought a horse called Euphrates and it won the Gold Cup at Litchfield in 1825. Fair. He even let his favourite horse named Baronet go free range in the house and would often sleep curled up with the horse in front of the fire on cold nights. That is ill-advised. He owned, That's incredibly ill-advised. He, My sister-in-law got kicked in the face by a horse. <laughs> and the, the, Shout out to Al. <laughs> yep. Can't see it, but she did get kicked right in the head. Almost (laughs) died. Gets me every time. He owned 2,000 dogs and 60 cats and fed his favourites steak and champagne and dressed them up in costumes. Oh, he went through a lot of animals. (laughs) There is not a lot of life left in a cat after it's fed champagne and steak. (laughs) At one time, a travelling circus went through town and being jacked up on port, he's like... Mm, how much do you want for that beer and that monkey? (laughs) (laughs) And the showman is like, I'm sorry, sir, but these animals are not for sale. (laughs) And Mad Jack goes, everything's for sale. (laughs) Mad Jack goes, I'll give you 35 pounds. And the showman is like, sold! Yeah. (laughs) thats is that. That is classic, eighteenth, <laughs> nineteenth century. It's like, this is price, sir. I'll give you this small amount. Sold. Sold. <laughs> sold. Uh, this is. <laughs> People were selling kids back then. Oh, don't. I read another thing when I was researching another story where someone like sold their child. They're like, my child is not for sale. I'll give you this much money. Sold, sold my son. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that 35 pounds that's about 3500 pounds in today's money for, yeah. the, for the bear and the monkey. That's unders. He's got an absolute steal. Oh yeah. I, I reckon the going rate for a bear has to be at least 20 grand. That's a bargain. Like domain put up on Facebook <laughs> recently for a 1.3 million dollar house in Sydney. A bargain. <laughs> a bargain. <laughs> yeah, right. The, the bear index was through <laughs> the fucking roof. <laughs> yeah. Mad Jack is stoked of after course this he is. after this purchase. He calls the bear Nell and keeps her at his place and gets sloshed on port with the monkey. <laughs> <laughs> he's a, 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 so, this guy lives alone, Rick? Uh, well, well, he's at, got servants. No, so he, he actually he married. His wife's dead. Yeah, so he, he married again, but literally, there's no, there's mention, no mention of his There's any no, of no wives. mention of his wife because he's off doing crazy baller shit all the time. I was about to say, because. If you were introduced to this bloke, because there are there are women who who say, "Yep, I'm I'm happy to put up with some bullshit." He's yep. got money, sets yep. me up, etc. If you're introduced to this guy and you're and he's like. Pleasure to meet you. Come in. I have 2,000 dogs. This is my bear. I'm drinking port with my monkey. My horse and I sleep to... She'd be like, "Nup, fucking pull the ripcord. Too crazy, not enough money. I'll give you a million... Pe-. Sold. Sold, absolutely. That is frightening close to what happens later. Uh, so... The monkey literally becomes a slave to the drink. <laughs> And gets sloshed. Yeah, he's just getting sloshed. (laughs) But dies one day after mistaking a bottle of black shoe polish for that sweet, (laughs) sweet port. (laughs) That's fucked. The bear also didn't last long because he went to a friend's dinner party and fucking rode the bear like a horse into the celebrations (laughs) in full hunting regalia. (laughs) So he's riding in being like, lol, how fucking cool is this, you guys? (laughs) and tries to make the bear go faster by digging his spurs into the side. The bear, she does not like it. (laughs) She bites his calf and mauls a servant. Oh, my God. They then have to put her down in front of everyone at this party. As I mentioned before. <laughs> He's brick. Yeah. He's brick from Anchorman but rich in the nineteenth century. Walking around with a grenade throwing tridents at people. I killed a guy with the trident. <laughs> the bloke also loved to punt. Loved to punt. In eighteen twenty six, in order to win a bet. He rode a horse into the Bedford Hotel opposite the Town Hall and Leamington Spa, up the grand staircase and onto the balcony, from which he jumped, still seated on his horse, over the diners in the restaurant below, and out through the window onto the parade. <laughs> So he doesn't love a punt in the way that uh, that like degenerate casino gamblers love a punt. He loves a punt in the way that Jackass loves a punt. Everyone has a guy that they'll be like, fuck, mate, I dare you to drink your own piss. And then it's like some dude named that's Jacko co- <laughs> and will literally just drink his own piss and be like, fuck, you're a mad dog, Jacko. And then he ends up winning like 20 bucks. This dude was like throwing down 50,000 pound bets and then being oh, like, great. yeah, I'll fucking ride my horse into this hotel restaurant. This, You know what? This sounds like like exactly what Nathan Tinkler would have been like in 1826. (laughs) 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 Uh, This guy's a bit. And also... Mango. Also, he loved dog fights and betting on them. He had 2,000 dogs. What (laughs) was he going to do? It's expensive when you're feeding all of your dogs champagne and steak. You've got to cut those numbers down. Absolutely. Keep them fresh. Yeah. Uh, To harden them up, he wouldn't just stick them on each other. He would actually bite them himself. What the fuck, Mango? Yep. Yep. He'd just bite them. <laughs> this guy's guy's batshit. Oh yeah. But he uh He punched a dog to death. Yeah, that's when you know that you've really jumped the shark. Yeah. When you when you kill a domestic animal with your bare hands and it has done nothing but be fed <laughs> gourmet meals by you. <laughs> you know that uh You gotta earn your champagne. <laughs> bang, bang, bang. Oh, oh, oh. That's so fucked. Yeah. That's so fucked. Mate, there are uh Many more sharks yeah, to jump. Of course, Many more sharks to jump. He's just getting started. How old is he by this point? Uh, so this is 1826. So he is, is he... about 30. Okay. Why He's... did you say okay? Like that was a normal thing. Like you and I are essentially 30 and we're walking around being like, you know what? Fuck it. And just throwing caution to the wind and just running on impulse. <laughs> we're not going to ride fucking horses through mackers. Well, not with that attitude. <laughs> Uh, Oh, okay, yeah, 30 years old. That's completely fine. You wait till we go to South Korea. You're going to do some weird (laughs) shit. You don't even know about it yet. (laughs) Uh, I'm not eating that live squid. You are eating it. No, I'm not not doing that. Uh, So... On one occasion, he came back from the Newmarket races with all his winnings and had left the car- carriage door open, spilling thousands of pounds all over the Shropshire countryside. He doesn't give a fuck. Didn't give two shits. No, nope, leave Didn't it Didn't give two shits. You know, what's, you know what's not worth his time? Bending down to pick up thousands of pounds. Yeah. He, he tried to clear a toll gate. Jump change. In a two-horse carriage just to see if he could. <laughs> what? He could not. No. <laughs> <laughs> Gra- gravity versus carriage. Oh, yeah. Hunting was also a passion for Mad Jack, mm-hmm. a.k.a. Mango, Mango King of the Pickles. He would hunt all year round in the same clothes. A night shirt with silk stockings and boots. Oh, great. Sometimes, like, even in the depths of winter, sometimes if the chase would make him overheat, he'd just hunt buck naked. <laughs> he didn't give a shit if his clothes got fucked up, as his ridiculous shopping habit meant that he owned 150 pairs of breeches, 700 pairs of boots and over 1,000 hats. And 3,000 shirts. Oh, God. That's... Uh, she, why the fuck would he hunt naked? <laughs> I don't know. Because he fucking could. Yeah. Whenever he got bored of the traditional hunting, he'd pay stable boys to hunt rats. Only they had to do it with ice skates on. Oh my god, that is it is literally that sketch. It's like if you if you had more money than God, how would you spend it? Oh yeah. I'd buy all the NBA teams and make them wear dresses. I'm going to buy the water and charge people for it. (laughs) That fucking weirdo from Nestle. (laughs) Right. So one of his other joys in life was fucking with people. Yeah. The bear at the dinner party was a classic, but how about these gems? Gems. One night, he has a local parson and doctor over for dinner. Once it's all over, the two gents are riding back to town when Mad Jack, suddenly dressed as a highwayman slash outlaw, yells, "Stand and deliver your money or your life!" <laughs> and shoots his pistol at them and chases them all the way back to town. Then gets there and is like, "Ah, it's just me, guys. Thanks for coming <laughs> to dinner." <laughs> This is like, catch me if you can, but he's not actually doing this to make any money. He's doing it to lose money and because he is fucking bored. so weird. Another time he's riding around his horse-drawn carriage and asks his fellow passenger, hey, you ever uh, had your carriage overturned? And the guy's like, no, thank God. And Mad Jack responds, up your dicks. What a damn slow fella. You must have been all your life. Takes the reins and makes the horse bolt like farlap, and the carriage does in fact overturn. <laughs> and he breaks several ribs. Mm. One day he's hunting and a local Shropshire miner disturbs him. He gets in a bare knuckle fight with a guy and goes 20 rounds before the miner gives up. Mad Jack gives him 10 shillings and tells him to go to the pub. He's earned it. <laughs> <laughs> Mad Jack employed that man as a dog. <laughs> the years would have been flying by if you were having that much fun, but it was taking its toll on his fortune. In the late 1920s, uh, 1820s rather, his financial advisor told him that he was flirting with bankruptcy, but told him, look, you won't have to sell your estate as long as you only spend £6,000 a year for six years. Gus, that is oh. £604,000 a year in today's money. No, No rig. That's not what that is. That is a fucking pittance. That is absolute slave money. What was Mad Jack's response to this? Quote, I wouldn't give a damn to live on 6,000 pounds a year. Thug life. life. <laughs> he is fucking off it. He doesn't give a shit about anything or anyone. In 1830, as you alluded to before, and I found this so hilarious, his wife of now 10 years, according to all available literature, quote, ran away. Fucking oath she Just did. fucking packed it in and it was like, that's it. I'm out of here. Like, like a, a normal person. Like a, t- like a teenager who's trying to teach a lesson to their parents. <laughs> She's packed her bags <laughs> one day and just fucking <laughs> walked away. Yeah. Yeah, she lived in the treehouse for two and a half years. He didn't notice. Yeah. He didn't notice. <laughs> he didn't notice. He was out fucking tr- attempting to fucking shoot his friends while dressed as a fucking outlaw. He was, he was putting galas on ice skates and making them fight dogs. Oh, so weird. In 1831, the writing is on the wall, and his extravagant eating, drinking, shopping, and gambling habits have taken him from massive fortune to severe debt. He decides to flee to France to escape his debtors. He doesn't want to do it alone, though, so he meets some good-looking 20-year-old bird named Susan, simply Susan, on Westminster Bridge, and offers her £500 a year. That's $47,500 today for those playing at home. To be his companion. That's a median wage. Oh, yep. They live in Calais for a while, and his hijinks don't stop. The most famous of them came when he had consumed brandy to the point that he got the hiccups. Believing, like most still do, that all he needed to do was to get a good fright to scare it out of him, he did what we all would have done. Taken a candle and set his shirt on fire. <laughs> <laughs> he Oh, if I had a nickel. He instantly goes up in flames. <laughs> a servant and a guest bat out the flames. And afterwards, Mitten proclaims, the hiccup is gone. By God. <laughs> <laughs> then... Fuck then reeled naked He's all the Darwin Awards. <laughs> then reeled naked back to bed and quoted Sophocles in perfect Greek. <laughs> <laughs> he was found the next morning, quote, sheetless and shirtless, with the skin of his breast, shoulders and knees of the same colour as a newly singed bacon hog. Oh God. <laughs> Mad Jack a.k.a. Mango King of the Pickles, Mm -hmm. returned to England in 1883 and was immediately sent to a debtor's prison Mm -hmm. where he died of what you'd expect a person who drank eight bottles of port a day to die from, liver disease. (laughs) He was 38 years old and had spent almost 20 million pounds in today's money. Remember, this was a time when goods and services were literally 10,000%... Cheaper. Yes, correct. And also, there was really no big ticket items. No. The only thing you could buy that would eat money fast was property. Everything. There's no electronics. Not bears. There's, no. The bear index is great. He's getting <laughs> them for food. He's, he's buying bears in six packs, Rick. <laughs> One bear? 87. I'll take seven. $87 a barrel of bear. <laughs> he's just trading Cheap. drunk. What the fuck? Such was the innate goodness of. And weirdness of our of our mate Mad Jack, that fourteen thousand people attended his funeral parade, and they were from all classes: the rich, the poor, and the high-ranking officials from the army. Many streets and roads are named after him in Shropshire, (laughs) as is quite fittingly a racehorse track and a pub. (laughs) The University of Minneapolis also honored him with the Jack Mitten Run, an annual run in which everyone is streaking. It ran from 1999 to 2009 before the university police stopped it. Yeah, look, I think that it's fair to say that if Jack Mitten, Mango, King of the Pickles, yeah, was alive today, he'd be a dead set people's hero with social media. Was pe- he was a he was it, people's hero back then. He is, he is Bill Murray. Oh, it's huge. He is Bill Murray. Great call. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. a bit, he's, he's everything He's everything rolled into one. He's Corey Worthington yep. meets uh, <laughs> fucking uh, Bill Murray. Macaulay Culkin in, in Home Alone. He's just shenanigans. Yeah. He's fucking shenanigans 101 yep. if by shenanigans you mean incredibly dangerous, life-threatening shit every day of his life. Got a dash of Gregor McGregor in him. Oh, doesn't he? And that, my friend, is the story of John Mitten, a.k.a. <laughs> Mad Jack, a.k.a. Mango <laughs> King King of the the Pickles, pickles. who blasted through 20 million pounds in just about 15 years. And, mate, the best thing, or one of the best things about all this, because, I mean, it's all gold. It's all great. Is the reason why we know so much about this is he employed a biographer. Oh, what the fuck? Who followed him around under the pen name Nimrod. (laughs) That Mad Jack made him have (sighs) and documented everything. Not only that, there are paintings of these events that have occurred. Bullshit. Setting his nightshirt on fire, riding a bear into the celebration with people freaking the fuck out, biting a dog. (laughs) There are actual paintings from the 19th century depicting these moments. They are amazing. There's him hunting naked in his nightshirt. Well, hunting naked and in his nightshirt. Amazing. (coughs) Getting getting a full time biographer and your life depicted in paintings. It's the nineteenth century version of an Instagram story. It 100 It 100% Oh, what ends. did what did Mango get up to on Saturday? Fuck. That is that is a that is an aggressive bear. Yeah. He wrote that bear in? Fuck. Yeah. Okay. He was just like, mate, that was sick. I've got to get a painting of this. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine walking in with his horse by the fire and there's a big fucking painting of him riding a bear? And they were like, all like, shit. Oh, that's very, very creative, uh, John. And yes, it is very creative. I actually did that. <laughs> and by creative you mean Last week. it's a real-life depiction it's of real my life. It's a real-life depiction, yeah. Mental. Mental. Fuck, mate. That is awesome. Yep. He's the man. That is an absolute cracker. Uh, when, <laughs> <laughs> when you're talking about him getting rid of his uh, his hiccups... All I could think of was, I was, was up in, on the Central Coast with uh, a couple of mates. German mate of mine, Holger, big uh, shout out to Dust yeah. lives in lives in Dresden with another one of our mates. And uh, he wanted to get rid of his hiccups. He was absolutely belted. He's a medical doctor and one of the smartest <laughs> men that I've ever met. However, decided this time that he would uh, do a handstand um, and we held his legs. But um, then, for no apparent reason, he just took his hands away. So face planted straight onto, oh. the, onto the floor. And he's huge. He's like 6'3". Yeah. And he steps up and it's like that family Guy moment where you look at the left side of his face and you're like, fuck, that could have been really bad. And he turns full on, uh, front on and his entire right side of his face is dead set fucked. Oh, <laughs> so he's like, like collapsed like yeah, Two-Face. Totally. And so his, uh, his girlfriend comes in, sees that his face is cut open and just starts screaming, "He's perfect fuck! <laughs> <His> perfect. <face. laughs> to which he responds yeah i will stitch my own eye closed." <laughs> so it goes to suit his own face oh my god belted fortunately uh sylv does it for him and uh nails it can't see the scar to this day so wow. if you if you want a secondary option to setting <laughs> your bed shirt on fire then do a handstand and also his hiccups went yeah, right. Because he face-planted straight into concrete. I'm sure adrenaline will do that to a person. <laughs> it sure will. Almost <laughs> lost his eye. <laughs> well, I think that's all we've got uh, we've got time for. Because, I mean, we don't need to do the show recap because you've been sponsoring every fucking segment this episode. Absolutely. With all of our socials and relevant modes of, uh, of getting in touch. Which means the next time that we do the cast... Yeah! It'll be Shit Show Live, the sold-out show, December 3rd. 15 bucks. You can't. What... Sold out. No, I, was, I wasn't getting to that. 15 bucks is what you will pay if you decide to go to Sunday, December 10th. Right. I thought you were taunting Which the people be, about uh, December 3rd. If you didn't get in on the 3rd, fuck you. It was only 15 bucks. What's was wrong with bucks? You? <sighs> you? Broke pieces of shit. It's, it's, right. it's, done. it's done. It's done. It's dusted. And so is this cast. Thank you so much, guys. We'll see you next time.